Being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Jeff Kitty and Dennis Brister. We're hosting Drive Radio on KLZ 560. If you've got any questions about your vehicle that you need some help with, give us a call, 303-477-5600. Let's just, Steve and Mike, thank you for holding on. Steve, how you doing? Good morning, gentlemen. I hope you're enjoying this Saturday before the next Polar Express event starting <laughs> yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. So how are you doing? A couple quick questions. Well, I'm doing good. How about you guys? Doing really good. Great. Yep. Uh, quick question. Color me skeptical, but this business of OEMs saying you've got to use purple coolant with BMW and orange with GM instead of the green Prestone. Are there any speed bumps or landmines on using just plain old Prestone antifreeze 50-50 ethylene glycol? Did you know? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to kind of use what's made for your vehicle. So there are some universal ones out there. Um, but whatever you do, you got to flush the system completely. That's the biggest key is flush it all the way out, everything, heater core and everything, before you put new stuff in because it's the oxygen that gets in there. The other, you know, the other problem you run into is if you go into a, uh, to get your oil changed and they top off your coolant, they just contaminated your coolant. That's the problem nowadays. So you got to make sure what you got in there is, is um, you got to have good stuff. I mean, each one is Com- made for that vehicle. Compatible with your engine and the com- Okay. They Not pay so those much. engineers a lot of money to figure that out. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good to know. And uh, that previous caller on batteries, man, he's a battery guru of the year, maybe the decade. <laughs> Some good stuff there. Yeah. Uh, last thing, you know, I was doing a little research on lithium EV battery fires. And talked to a couple of guys, one of them I know pretty well with the fire department. And there really is no established protocol for putting out these lithium battery fires. A. <laughs> B, the majority of them happen in a garage. Yep. And so I asked these guys, I said, well, what is the protocol? It's just nothing. We tow it out, move it out somehow, and hopefully contain the damage to the structure. So I'm going, this is pretty bizarre. I don't think a lot of people are aware of that. But they burn hot. They're exothermic. They're self-sustaining. And I'm just really curious why, when they were designing these things, they didn't have over-temp indicators, overcharge indicators, automatic shutoff, when it's not working, because uh, there's a serious risk there. Like 90% of these lithium battery fires are in the garage during the charging cycle. Right. What are your thoughts? Well, I think that's why they have to do more research on these things before they tell everybody we have to have one, (laughs) you know. First of all, I don't want to have one. Um, that's my preference. But, um, yeah, there's a lot more that has to go into these vehicles before we can say, you know, tell they start telling everybody that we need to buy these things. Uh, well, the political class is not going to allow that. They're, they're going to force this thing on us. 
and yeah. be damned, we don't care. Da-da. But uh, you know, it's pretty serious when you're. And I don't get this because if you know the Jets have been using lithium batteries for a long time, they have both over temp indicators, they have overcharge indicators, and a shutdown automatic if there's something awry before the flames break out. Yeah. Why or oh why didn't they do that for car EVs? Well, and it depends on whether it's a short inside before that sensor or something like well, that. You know, you know, Donna, you and John have talked about these EV batteries are basically composed of a whole bunch of cells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one cell shorts out and goes bad, you begin an over-temp, over-charge sequence. But to have that thing burn away in your garage in the middle of the night, and all you can do is when, when or if you hear a smoke detector, it's called a fire department, and all they can do is somehow tow that thing out in the street and let it burn, we got a problem. Right. Well, and that's true. I mean, uh, the big problem is is once they figure out where the where the fire starts, and I'm going to bet money that, you know, yeah, the, the battery possibly caused a problem. It could be a circuitry problem. It could be a bunch of other things. But by the time they get to the point where they can diagnose that, is the evidence going to be there that's going to tell them exactly what happened? Yeah, but, you know, one guy who I've known for a long time, he's a battalion chief down here in Springs, the fire department, he sent me some that uh, they had one battery fire, and it just burned and burned. They put 30,000 gallons of water on it, and it still didn't go out. I'm going, seriously? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty nuts. Yep. Pretty nuts. Yep. When I owned the tow company, they they said that the cars they would just let those burn because they weren't gonna. Yeah. They weren't gonna get near them. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, so. some some guy in a listening audience that's a garage inventor. Again, I can't emphasize why you don't have something built into the car or your house supercharger two twenty to indicate a battery over temp. B, battery overcharge, and shut the thing down before the fire starts, to me, seems pretty lame. Yeah. Can't yeah. argue okay. that. Yep. Well, I, pre- I appreciate your insight, gentlemen. Well, okay. thank you. All right. With that, we got two lines open, 303-477-5600. Let's go to Mike in Highlands Ranch. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Okay. Question involves a 2018-19 Chevy Traverse transmission. Okay. Uh, GM has acknowledged that they have a problem getting it into park. Uh, are you familiar with this? I got to be honest with you. I've read a couple articles on it. Um, a lot of it has to do with linkage. Uh, and stuff like that that's in the in the transmission itself, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so the issue becomes, the issue is is the uh, defect prevents the driver from from shutting off and locking their vehicles because it will not go into park. Mm-hmm. And um, the and so my concern is a friend of mine has one and he's experiencing this and so he took it by a dealership Elway and they acknowledge that it is a problem okay they know about it they haven't got an official recall yet 
Um, and of course, the, if, many of the issues have been uh, the vehicle rolling or going forward, and uh, as well as its inability to get into park and shut, therefore shut off, draining the battery, etc. I mean, there's a myriad of problems involved with it, and I'm I'm surprised you haven't heard about this at all. Then I've heard some about it. Okay. Nothing, well, the, nothing, you know, right now we're we're on the edge of trying to figure out why it's happening. Okay. There's a lot of theories about why it's happening, and, you know, some of it has to do with the way they, they how, do I, how they actuate the, the linkage. Yeah, well, no. And I, or whether uh, it's a, a switch. Well, it isn't, I don't. That, that's a good question. Um, as he describes it, and I understand it, that that you can put it up there and then it doesn't quite work, so you have to pull it back into drive, and then you got to try it a couple times, and finally it it goes into park. Mm-hmm. Well, that would indicate to me that when you say linkage and switch, both of them would be involved. So the linkage isn't getting to the place where the switch is activating. Yeah, and that could be. It, and certainly it could be. The question that he had, and, and I told him I'd you know, talk to you guys about it, uh, he just came back from Elway and they said uh, they're aware, their service department said they know this is a problem, but they haven't got an official recall. And that doesn't surprise me. Well, it doesn't surprise me either, frankly. Well, the, the problem is, is, I mean, these... The car manufacturers are running behind schedule on everything. Yes. Right now, uh, and part of the problem is is that I I don't think they have enough people to put to work on the problem. Yeah. To be perfectly honest with you. Well, you know, they, GM's getting sued over this. I wouldn't right. doubt it. Right. Yeah. Well, so what? his question is, does he? They tell him, oh, we know how to fix it. He says, do I let them fix it and pay for that and hope that I get money to, to take care of it later, or I do, it, do I just live with it? Well, if and, you have it fixed and they come out with a recall, most of the time you can take that, what you did to fix it, back to them, and they would give you your money for fixing it. Yep. They would do that. I, I get that. I, I don't disagree with that. But you're, the key term you use there is most of the time yeah well i yeah they should replace it all the time but i don't i don't want to say that so he goes in and has it fixed and they come back and said tough break no if there's a if there's a recall on it and you spent the money to have it fixed for that problem for that problem they'll give you the money they will re they they will reimburse you and and from what i'm reading about that the problem is is that the BCM signal is low. Yeah, to to make everything work. Exactly. Now wait a minute. Hang on. Back up, fellas. Let me. The DCM signal. body control B- body control module module signal. The BCM. Yes. Body, body control module signal is weak. Yes. To show the part condition, to show yep. which position it's in. So, okay. that's the and, problem. And so that would indicate that there's 
a computer or a, a switch problem someplace. Right. Very possible. Well, I think, and I can appreciate where he's coming from, and that sure. is, would be coming from the same place. If I spend the money to fix this and it doesn't get recalled, you know, um, and, and everybody's acknowledging that it's a problem, am I waiting? Should I, should I wait until it's a recall and then get it? Well, if it's a no. class action lawsuit. Yeah. Here's what I would do. If it was my vehicle, I would call the customer assistance that's in his book, the 1-800 yeah. number. And I would file a complaint. I want, I want to file this complaint. I have this happening to my vehicle, and you guys can't seem to fix it. If I go get it fixed somewhere else and get this fixed, are you going to reimburse me my money? Exactly. And, find, and they'll give you a case number. They need to give you a case number, and then you go and get it fixed and come back, and they should be able to reimburse you. Okay. I got you. Well, the dealer is, uh, you know, Elway is saying that, you know, yeah, we're happy to fix it, but... But uh, and here's what it is. Here's the parts numbers. Yada yada yada. Uh, I said to him, "Get that quote. Get that part number. Uh, let's make sure it's correct, and then let's take it to. Um, I I um, have a. I use a one of you guys' uh, Napa repair uh, shops. Yeah. Yeah, and I said, let's get another opinion from them. Yeah. And we, he and I are on the same page there. Um, just to make sure, and I said, let's, instead of uh, having it fixed immediately or scheduled, let's take a step back. Hopefully it doesn't run over one of your kids when it doesn't go into park, because that's been an issue with them, too. Um, and so, um, and let's step back and see what options we have. And that's a great option you guys point out. Thank you very much. That's that's great. You bet. Okay. All right. With that, Marty and Eva, if you guys hang on, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. Take advantage of Geno's Auto Services Alignment and Tire Rotation Special. Winter in Colorado can be tough on your car. Now through the end of the month, get your vehicle aligned and all four tires rotated for just $99.99. For just $99.99. Geno's can also check to see that your heater is working properly with the cold months ahead. At Geno's, we know a well-maintained vehicle will last and take care of you. For over 39 years, Geno's has been serving customers along the front range. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Any maintenance or repair work on your vehicle comes with a Napa Peace of Mind warranty covering parts and labor for 36 months or 36,000 miles. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. Geno's is AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. Don't forget to check out all of Geno's Google reviews. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, 
Keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents. So put this number into your phone, 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa a Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560, and we're going to go right to the phones. Marty and Eva, thank you for holding on. Marty, how you doing? I'm doing great, and you? Doing good. good. Nice and warm today, right now. So, <laughs> well, it's not very warm in the Black Forest. I can tell you. I'll that. bet not. <laughs> yeah. um, so I've seen answers to my questions, three different answers. So I thought I'd ask you. Okay. I've I've got a 30 year old Borg Warner E5 manual transmission that I've just put in my old hot rod. And my question is on gear oil. I've seen it, folks say ATF. I've seen 75-90 weight gear oil. I've seen 50 weight gear oil. Uh, do you have an answer for that? Uh, I've got two. Uh, okay. d- depending on what you're doing with it. If it's a hot rod, I would probably go get the BG Synchro Shift fluid. Uh-huh. And use that for a little faster for the complete smoother. fill. Yeah, it's, it's, it's smoother and it's thinner. It's well, it's going to help. It's going to help with the blocker rings inside the transmission. Yeah. To it, it just makes all. It was designed for that unit in the front wheel drive GM and Ford units. Yeah, that they had for the day. Um, it's a, B, a BG product. Yeah, it's BG Synchro Shift. Uh-huh. And it's not going to be cheap, but it works. What's well, the second one? Especially with, the, you said a T5, right? Yes, sir. Yep. 
that's what I would recommend. ATF is the recommended fill from the factory. Uh-huh. And I would use uh, deck six on that if you're going to do that. Deck six. So uh, yeah. that's beyond... Uh, it's a synthetic. Okay. Yeah. I think I've got dex three here. Yeah. Uh, from Valvoline. So shop shop for uh, a bottle that says dex six synthetic. Yeah. If you're going to go with the OEM fill, that's what I would do. But if All if right. it's in a hot rod, uh-huh. uh, if it were me, if it were my unit, I would put the BG Synchro Shift in it as a complete fill. And you're going to tell me that's uh, only available at Napa, probably. You can get it now. A lot of anybody that carries a BG product can get it. Okay. Whether they're going to stock it in the store, that's a whole different deal. Okay. Uh, um, if they don't have a whole lot of call for it, they don't. They might not stock it. Okay. And so, sort of a side question there. So this Dex Three Mercon Dex Three, I've got. Can I substitute that for old uh, Type F in my old Ford? Automatic? That's all you're going to be able to do. Yeah. As far as I know, Type F fluid is no longer available anywhere unless somebody's got a case of it in their garage. Yeah, I think I had some. Okay. I appreciate the answer. Okay. You bet. Thanks, Marty. All right, with that, we got two lines open, 303-477-5600. We'll go to Eva. Eva, how you doing? I'm doing great for a 78-year-old old woman. <laughs> there you go. 78-year young woman. I wish. <laughs> I wish. It's going downhill, but I hang in there. I'm stubborn. That's good. Well, that's good. Yeah. Hey, I have a grandson in Virginia who has... Um, Oh, a used car that the passenger seatbelt uh, is not working. And they said that it would be like over 3200 or something to fix it, which is outrageous. But I didn't write down what that fellow who had called in said something about uh, being able to replace your own seatbelt. Am I correct? What kind of car? What year? That's, that's Belt, ear, ear bag. Oh, I would have to call him to ask. Uh, it's an airbag or a seatbelt? I'm sorry. I, I misspoke. It is an airbag. Oh, that's a totally different. <laughs> yeah. That's a totally oh, did, different deal. Oh, oh, did the fella call in about a seatbelt? He was it talking was about a air suspension. Yeah, on the, underneath the car, the shocks and underneath stuff. Underneath the vehicle. Oh, yeah. Oh, I heard air. Yeah. So what do you think? It shouldn't cost that much, should it? It could. What's a, it, it depends could. what it's on. Depending on which, which one it is and what's it's available. Well, see, and they, they have to know why. I mean, if that airbag deployed, then there's a problem. But if the airbag didn't deploy, there's some other problem in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a used vehicle. I'm going to text him. I don't know if he's at work or not, and ask him if he knows and get the year of the vehicle in the model. Yeah, and and you know what? You can always go to uh, drive radio drive dash radio dot com, uh-huh. and there's a place in there where you can um, send an email to John. Contact oh. under contact, you can go and contact John and send that question to us. And then we okay. can we can help you with that from there, so you don't have to come on live. 
And if you need, and, you know, and so can, he can do that too. He can go to drive-radio.com. Yeah. And he can, he, he can, there's a thing in there for uh, name, email address, and then the message. What is it you're asking? And we can help you with okay. that. Because yeah. if the airbag okay. didn't deploy, you don't need an okay. airbag. There's sensors that cause that thing to, to shoot off. But if the airplane never deployed, I wouldn't replace it. It might keep an airbag light on. Yeah. And if the airbag's light on and it's not going to deploy, if the airbag light is on. Yeah. And that means there's a sensor somewhere around the corner, around the car that's bad. And that's what you need to fix. But that also oh, right. means that none of the other airbags will deploy. Yeah. Oh, oh, so it, none of them. It yeah. disables yeah. the whole system. And maybe that's no. what they're trying to do is replace both airbags, which would be wrong. Well, no, they said just the passenger side. So yeah. I don't know. I would think if, if one deployed, they both would have, wouldn't they? You would think. He'd be surprised. Yeah, you never know. You would think of that, but it, it depends on how the car's hit. And everything else. Right. Yeah, so. Right. Yeah, I don't know the history of the vehicle, so I will text him in case he's at work. And so can he get back to you during the week? Yes. Yeah, do that email. Through that email. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah, this that oh. drive-radio.com. Uh-huh. That is wonderful. I so appreciate you guys. I love to uh, learn passively. I'm sure. not a big I'm not a big reader, but like when I'm doing the dishes or, you know, just sitting around in my old age chair, I love to listen to anything that will help me. And I thought, oh, wait, I should have listened more carefully because my grandson has a problem with an airbag. But I I did think it was an airbag he was talking about. So uh, I'm glad people feel free to call in and even give other hints, but I'm so glad you guys are on the radio. Well, thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're you're a big help. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. All right. With that, okay. Mark, hang on. We're going to go to a quick break. You're listening to Fix It or Drive Radio on KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie Distributing, your local BG Products distributor, back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. Now, this week, we're going to talk about something a little bit different, windshield washer fluid. You might have noticed, but the highways around Colorado are a little bit messy, and we've got them covered with this wonderful magnesium chloride that just gums up your windows. And so you're going to probably go through a lot of windshield washer fluid. But is all windshield washer fluid the same? Unfortunately not. In fact, in most parts of the country, windshield washer fluid can actually freeze as low as 30 degrees Fahrenheit. We all know that water freezes at about 32 degrees Fahrenheit. And typically windshield washer fluid or solvent contains a methanol, in order to prevent freezing at colder temperatures. Now by adding roughly 30% methanol, the freeze point of windshield washer fluid can drop to as low as 20 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's typically what you're going to find on the shelf in most Colorado retail locations. But if you've traveled and you've bought washer fluid anywhere else in the country, specifically in the southern parts, you may have washer fluid with as little as 10% ethanol, and that's the fluid that can freeze as low as 30 degrees Fahrenheit. 
Additionally, if you've had washer fluid sitting in your garage all summer long, the methanol in that washer fluid may have evaporated. This also causes the freeze point of the washer fluid to be higher than you would need this time of year in Colorado. So, the lesson is make sure that your windshield washer fluid in your car is rated to at least 20 degrees below zero, which contains at least 33% methanol, and you'll be safe in even the harshest Colorado winters. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and, in most cases, an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Leuenberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Leuenberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. Okay, we're back, and thank you for listening to Drive Radio, and we're at 303-477-5600. our phone number. Larry can take your phone calls and load them up and bring them into us, and we're going to go right to the phones with Mark from Lakewood. How are you doing, Mark? Good. How are you guys today? Good. Good, good. Hey, I have a question. I have a 2013 CRV that I've had since probably 2016, bought it with low miles. And a year or two after we had it, it would start making this rattling noise when you start it up in the morning when it was cool. And so I took it back to the, the dealer. They said they corrected the problem. And, I, you know, it, it was warm out during the summer. I never noticed it. But it, it's just kind of been a chronic problem. It reoccurs, comes back when it's cold out. And is that, I mean, I've read some forums online. It seems like it's a problem with some of the crvs is there a fix or not um crv what size engine uh i don't know it's two or 2.5 or something like that it's a the ex model 
Okay, and how many miles does it have on it? It's got 75, approximately. Okay, and what's been done to this? Have you had any timing belts? No. The only thing that we've had done since we bought it used was there was a VCT module that went out. Actuator. Yeah, and they put that in, replaced it, and two days later it started doing the same thing. It went out again. They said it was a bad part, so they put a new one in, and, you know, that's probably a year or two ago. So when you start it up, it rattles for about two seconds or more? Yep. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, because that is the, that's that variable timing, variable valve timing control, VTC. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's something that can be corrected, you're thinking? Yeah, it should be replaced. There's a... Um, Are you talking about the cam? Yeah. They need to be, it's, it's unlocked is what it is. It needs to be locked and it's not working right. So it needs okay. to be replaced. Um, gotcha. And that's because you have a chain in that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay. that's what is it that is. Major, major, major. major it's, I don't think it's a major thing. It, it, you do have to take off the chain. Um, okay. Sometimes you can, you probably have to take off the front cover, you know. You're going to have to, you're going to have to do some valve timing work on it, basically. Yeah. Okay. And on that one, you're probably going to want to make sure they use OEM parts. Yeah. Okay. So there'll be a part replacement. It's not just a matter of adjusting. Something. No, no, okay. no. And what kind of oil are you using in that? Zero twenty. I was. I think it's Valvoline, fully yeah. synthetic. Okay. Yeah. How often do you change your oil? Every five? Uh, yeah, right around every five thousand. I mean, it's got the indicator in there, and I usually, and I think it's set at three or four. Yeah. Um, but so I, I change it probably more frequent than I should. But good. No, good. that's good. That's that's what you want to do. You're not hurting anything with that. No. Right. Because sometimes okay. if you wait longer, that's what causes problems. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna have to take it in. I'm not gonna do it myself. No. Where Where are you at? I'm Liquid? in Liquid. Okay. Um. I don't know who's close to you. Uh, Genos. Would be there's Genos off of Bulls. Bulls and Santa Fe. Okay. And then there's uh, Arvada West yeah. up there in Arvada. I don't know who would be closer to you. Arvada West, okay. Yeah, you can go see them. Okay. They should be able to figure that out, though. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like, I, like I said, I looked on, online years ago when I was having the issue, and it sounds like it was a pretty common Yeah, it is. CRVs, and I was like, that doesn't seem right, but anyway. Okay. All right. Well, great. Well, I appreciate the information and appreciate you guys' uh, show. All right. Thank appreciate you. it. Thanks, Mark. All right. With that, we got two lines open, 303-477-5600. Give us a call. Uh, let's go to Ed. How you doing, Ed? Yeah, this is Ed. Are what you can, there? Yeah, yeah, we're here. What can we do for you? Okay. I got an old Ford Dodge pickup, four-wheel drive, Laramie. And uh, four-wheel drive is hard to get in you know when you first try to get it in all it and and then put getting it out sometimes i was wondering what might be causing that okay okay is it a uh manual shift transfer case uh yeah right okay and is it the shifter that you're having a problem with getting it in yeah or is it that it doesn't go into four-wheel drive right away no it's hard Okay, that could 
that could be one of two things. Uh, could be a linkage issue. It's in a bind. Yeah. Or you could have something wrong inside the transfer case. As as far as something worn in there, uh, they had a little bit of problems with the actual the shift shaft, and it would oh. it would wear down. And then the detent ball in the unit would not ride in the right spot so that it would kind of jam on the linkage inside. Quite a few little things. What's that? It could be a few little things. Yeah. So what would you recommend uh, take it to? Who would you recommend to take it to check it out? Um, Let's see. You're in Los Animas. Yeah, TC Transmission in Lamar, Colorado, they seem to be pretty good. They, that'd probably be a good bet. Uh, if okay. they, they can look at it, if you had any transmission work done on it? or No. Uh, okay. No. And it could be a linkage issue. It could be a shifter issue. It's just somebody, it could be just dry bushing. Yeah, just like I say, you can't get it in. You have to play with it, play with it. And then it goes in easy, you know. It's just coming right down. Yeah, I'm trying to get it in. And it might be inside. It could be case wear in the in the uh, transfer case itself on the detent ball. I've yeah. seen that a couple times. And if you got to do that, you have to. Normally, you got to replace a case on that to get that fixed. And and you, then when you put it in back in normal drive, it grinds. That's because it's not coming out of gear yeah. and going in right. Have you had the fluid checked? Uh, I had it I had it uh, flushed out about, well, that's been four or five years ago. It's only got 130 miles, 30,000 miles. On, on the transfer case, not the transmission. No, tra- I've done both uh, transmission and transfer. Okay. There's a possibility that they might have put the wrong fluid in the transfer case, too. Uh, well, I'm, I'll take it to TC. That I've, yep. done, I've done business with them. They're always good. So I'll take it over and have him check it out. That's good. And one more question on another car. Okay. A 2014 Jeep Patriot. Now, it vibrates when you put it in neutral. Don't it? You put it in drive, it vibrates. And then when you take off, it don't start vibrating until about 2530. And then after that, it smooths out. Then 55 to 60, it starts vibrating again. After that, it smooths out. Now, what, with motor mounts? That could, that could be a transmission mount issue. Actually, it could be one or two things. could be a trans- transmission mount issue. And as far as while it's rolling, when it's driving down the highway, you could have a drive shaft going out. Or it could be tires. Well, yeah. It could be well, tires, too. It's Because tires will smooth uh, out after a while. After you drive, yeah. you'll get a vibration at a certain speed, and then you go past that speed, and then it'll smooth again and then you go a little bit further and then it'll come back in but it vibrates when you first put it in drive even setting it vibrates yeah and that could that be, might be something different that could be the transmission mount on that one i've, okay. I've seen a lot of those go bad miles an hour. Yeah, it, it, it runs smooth after 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 35 and after 55 it runs smooth yeah you might have two different problems yeah exactly okay so i could have uh uh, who would I take that to? Transmission deal, or uh, I have Performance Automotive here in Lamar. They're good. Uh, on that one, 
I, you know, I, I don't know on that one who to, who to recommend you to. I might go with the transmission shop on that one, but it wouldn't surprise me to find out that that front drive shaft's bad on that. Uh, front, uh, front drive shaft? Yep, the one going I from... I had the CV joint, I had the CV, uh, joint replaced, you know, as far as going up into the transmission or whatever. Okay. CV joint. Okay, and it could be... It, that's just one of the possibilities. Okay, but I'm it sounds like it somebody in. needs to check it out and find out what's actually going on. Yeah, at least I know he's uh, performance is on it because he'll if they can't do it, they'll send it to TC. There you or go. He doesn't charge me. He got, never charges me anything. There you go. Okay, my friends, I really appreciate it. Okay, thanks, Ed. That could be kind of tough because you don't know. I think he's got two different problems. I think he does me. too. Yeah, be my guess anyway. Because <clears throat> that engine. Vibrating well, when it just, loads, yeah. And I've seen several of those Jeeps where the transmission mount will let it slide down on that cross member, yeah. And you'll pick up that vibration, yeah. Um, and I've also, I mean, I've had it on my Jeep when I had it. I I had to put two drive shafts in that thing because that that rear joint is just junk, yeah. And I don't know if those are serviceable. Are they? You replace the drive shaft. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We got three lines open, 303-477-5600. We're going to go to a break. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. No one likes to be that person. You know the one stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy. And make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555. Or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? 
Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. I got Jeff here from retired. <laughs> I was going to say formerly from Larry's. Larry's Automotive. But. Yeah, and I'm Dennis with uh, formerly with Extreme Auto Repair and Parker. Um, appreciate everybody listening. John's taking a break this week, so if you have if you're listening to this on Sunday, you'd have to send a text if you had a question 307 282 or else you can email John. You could just go to drive radiocom and hit the contact button, and just you can email John a question. So yep. um, that works out good too. So, but if you're listening, like I say on on Sunday, you wouldn't be able to contact us. But um, yeah, we've had a lot of good callers today. We had a lot of questions about batteries, and gentlemen called in about the batteries. We didn't go into too much depth. He did for us, which was great. Um, and then uh, you know, talking about the airbags too. You know, maybe we should have went a little bit more deeper. But I didn't know if that guy knew what was wrong with his airbags on his car yeah on the, the town car um so you know sometimes you got to get it checked out a little bit before we can know where you're asking for you know especially on that air we you know when i had the shop we had a lot of times where it's just a broken airline yeah or a bad connection at the pump, or a bad airbag like the guy was saying or a sensor yeah. or something like that so yep. you know so, before you start slinging money at it you might want to find out exactly what's going on yeah or just versus just replacing something. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, the one lady who called in about the, you know, seatbelt airbag situation, th- that's the same thing. you got to find out what, why are they saying you need an airbag. Exactly. Yeah. Because airbags, I n- I've never replaced an airbag because it was bad. I replace, I never replaced an airbag because it was bad. Just never had to. You'd usually find out what the sensors, what triggers it to go off and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. so if you have any questions, give us a call. We've got three, three lanes, lanes open. open. Yep. <laughs> 303-477-5600. Larry's back there to take your call. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, I'm watching the clouds come in. It looks like it's going to be getting to us here soon. So it's going to get cold. That it will. Yep. It's that time of year. Right. So you doing anything special lately other than looking for a house for your son? Well, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I've been doing some mechanical stuff as far as for friends. I've been, uh, I did a uh, forklift <laughs> transmission, which I've never done before. Yeah. But uh, ungodly heavy pieces and yeah. just unbelievable what parts cost. I know. I mean, it. 
we got we've got about thirty two hundred dollars just in parts. Right. And I mean it's a whole different world. It is. Yeah, I got a Ford um tractor, a nine in that's a nineteen forty nine and I gotta find out why the pump isn't working for the hydraulics. So Well that's fun stuff though. It can be. Last time I went into that tranny or into that that thing I was replacing uh the brakes and I had a seal leaking and then the seal I looked in there was a bearing bad and then I did deeper and I found another bearing bad and next thing you know I got the transmission and differential all over the floor. Yeah. My wife's like, I thought you were just fixing brakes <laughs> you know, it's like well, sometimes you get into them, you get into them. You that know? is for sure. You just keep digging and you keep finding more problems and everything, and you can't stop. Just keep getting deeper and deeper. It does. So, you know, it doesn't happen just you, the people out there. It happens to us, too. We have vehicles and things go bad, and oh, yeah. you've you got to look at them and, and fix them and stuff if you want to keep them around. So um, I did change that thing from a 6-volt. To 12? Yeah, it was a 6-volt positive mm-hmm. ground. Yeah. To a yeah to a twelve volt negative ground, and that was kind of cool. So it, it fires up really nice now. Before it would crank real slow with that six volt battery. Did you put a alternator on it? Yeah, alternator and then single wire. Strip. Yeah, yep. yeah, works out good. Yep. So why don't we go ahead? We got a phone loaded. We do have two lines open three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. We're going to go to Mark. How you doing, Mark? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. How Mark. are you? Good. We're fantastic. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the guy that rebuilt the 2003 Tau and spent a whole lot of money. So my CD player just took a dump after 20 years. Can you believe that? Son of a... Gosh darn it. I don't know. So I just ordered a new uh, a, a remanufactured unlocked on eBay for 340 bucks. Called the dealer yesterday. They wanted $700 for a radio. I said, uh, yeah, not my money. <laughs> yeah. That's for yeah, sure. I saw how you put it in, but it's not a big deal. But this one, actually, there's a company that puts Bluetooth in the original radio. Oh, that's good. 340 bucks. You know, I just saw on YouTube how you put it in, and it's no big no big job. No, you not too to bad. You have off and three, three plugs, that's it. Yeah. Anyway, my wife's got a 2011 cross-country Volvo XC70. She loves it. And it's got 79,000 miles on 2011. Okay. The uh, deck lid failed. We went to repair shop, and uh, they put the new struts in, which is you got to remove the roof panel. It's not quite the gas struts on a, on a Chevrolet yeah. vehicle. So you hit the button on the outside, it pops up. You hit the latch with your hand, it pops up. You hit the button on the inside, and it, it comes up just a touch, and then it sucks it back down. It won't, won't release. That's my question. Oh. What struts, uh, rear deck struts have been replaced? Now, my theory is, and then I'm going to have, have to ask you about this, is it in the, in the actual uh, switch or the actual latch on the bottom of the, the tailgate? Because we replaced the struts in the back. I wouldn't think it'd be the latch. I would think possibly something might be binding. Now, when when you say it works from outside do you? Yeah, you put your hand on it and you touch it, and oh. then it comes up. If, if you push the button on the remote, it comes up. There's a button on the inside to okay. release the latch. Okay, and that's the one that's not working. Um, boy, I never worked on one of those. So. I can't imagine why it wouldn't work if everything else is working right, unless there's some sort of a 
a bind up or there's something electronically going on between because it doesn't see it releasing i would i would imagine that that switch is just a momentary on switch and then the computer takes over from there on that I'm not liking where this conversation is going. <laughs> well, it's, it's yeah. odd that it now works. Let's not talk about the computer in a, in a Volvo that's that old, you know, because she's not going to get rid of it. And those Volvos, they don't make them anymore. Well, yeah, but the the big problem is is where the problem comes in is it's the remote, or not the remote, but it's the button inside the car that's causing the problem. Correct. Everything and else off the remote, the everything. All nope. that works. Nope. Right? Yep. Right. Okay, but when you push the button in the vehicle, it comes up part way, then goes back down and shuts. Yeah, it comes up maybe an inch and then sucks it back down and locks. Now, interesting, if you push it one time, if it's sat for a while, it'll open up. If you do it repeatedly, it won't open it up. I would think it might have to do with the limit switch, maybe. I, it's, no, it's limit shit. switch where? Well, it, I'd have yeah. to I'd have to look at the diagram to see how it how it works. But normally they'll if it just pops up about an inch basically, and then sucks yep. back down. Yep. Um, yeah, there's got to be some kind of a limit switch in there that tells it to do that yeah to say uh, we're not open all the way so shut it back it's so don't you think there's a, a wiring loom to that latch on on, on the uh, bottom well the thing is yeah. is that it it's working from the remote yeah and it works from when you're back there right uh and, correct and only with the button and only with the inside button have you got a problem that is correct I, I would have to say that there's an issue, man. I would have to say that there's an issue with a, either a limit switch that is, not letting it go up all the way. Or something's binding, but if it works with the other two, it should it should not work with those. So, it's not binding. I mean, I checked. Yeah. It's got a cargo mat, and yeah. you know, I made sure that that cargo mat was was good. Now, the other thing I could try is put a little bit of lithium grease in there, but that doesn't affect the other two functions at all. No, not at all. Well, if it's if the latch is releasing, right. and then the automatic lid lift would take over from there, right? Yep, and, th- and those shocks were just replaced uh, about a month and a half ago. They yeah. were failing, I mean... Yeah, and that's normal. That's normal for a car that's that old. So I'm not complaining about that whatsoever. And it, it's an automatic. It automatically shuts too, right? Uh, no, you have to push a button uh, on the outside of the tailgate, or on the inside of the tailgate. Excuse me, to shut it, regardless of what mode it's in. You okay. can't shut it from the inside, or the remote won't shut it. I'm sure it's some Swedish safety feature, you know. Yeah, I would, I would think that there possibly might be a. I wonder if you can pop that switch out, and look at that switch and see if there's more than two wires going to it. Yeah, 
because then then it might tell me that the switch has another um, wire going back there to say you know it is it opened or not, and if it didn't, it might shut it back down. If there's like three or four wires at the switch, it it just sounds because like it could be a little module inside that switch. Yeah. It sounds like it's popping up, and then it's not seeing that it's. It doesn't realize that it hasn't opened all the way, and that would be, I would think, a function of like a limit switch or something like that. And it could be built in a switch. Exactly. Does that make sense? It might not be getting the right. It, 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 it's making sense to me that it's isolated to the front switch. Yeah, could be. That's what I. That's what I think it is too. Uh, I wasn't sure, but so far, the repair shop, they've called Volvo, and Volvo hasn't responded back. And they probably responded back because they want to sell me an electric car, and I don't want one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want one either. Yeah. I like I like gas-guzzling towels is what I like. Not yeah. my lifetime, Yeah. hopefully. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's exactly what I feel, or gas-guzzling Porsche. Either way, I don't care. Yeah. Right. No electric vehicles for me. I don't right. care. So I'll give that a, a thought. I'll, I'll go on to YouTube, figure that switch out. I, it's a, a panel in there that's got that switch, the gas cap release, and two fog lamps. They have a fog lamp for the front and a fog lamp for the rear. Give so me. that's a whole cl- cluster in there. So that's a 2013 11. 11. Volvo. Right? C70. Yep. P6 turbocharged. Yeah. 300 horsepower. Just ask her about her school zone tickets. Yeah. Those well, can get spendy. Well, I, yeah. after 4 or 5, or 4 or 5, it doesn't matter, go. right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mark, sorry. We have to go to a quick break. We're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560.